0: Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 131 of the Real Life Runners Podcast. So we all want to become better runners. For some of us, that might mean that we want to run faster, run longer, just get stronger and feel good. But what's the key to all of that? Some people say consistency. Some people say habits. We're going to argue today that it all begins with your mind.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: So I would say that most runners are looking to improve in some way, especially runners that are listening to running podcasts.
1: Yes. Yes, that's a good one. Like,
0: why are you guys listening to this podcast? Mm -hmm. Probably because you're trying to figure out some better way to run, some way of, you know, looking at life differently or running differently. We hope that that's why you listen to us, maybe over some of the other running podcasts out there, because we do love to connect running to our real life and real life to our running. But- what about just wanting to improve in your running? Yeah. That's important too.
1: Everybody wants to improve a little bit in their running. Like people ask me all the time. I, I, they know that, that we coach runners. They come up to me, they're like, all right, I got a half marathon coming. What workout should I do?
0: <laughs> that magic workout, oh, right?
1: Oh, that one. Hold oh. on. I've got it written down on this piece of paper that I keep in my back pocket at all times. Like, <laughs> like there's the magic workout sheet. And, you
0: know? Or that you would have it written down on a piece of paper.
1: As opposed to under lock and key in that safe that we buried in the backyard? Or like
0: on your phone and like the notepad on your phone that you could just like forward over to them.
1: No, that's not how I work. I write it on tiny scraps of paper and lose them.
0: Yeah, that's it. Like, (laughs) because it's not in your running journal
1: Yes, my running journal. Places
0: that you would keep important information.
1: No, no, no. Random scrap of paper in the back pocket. Random scrap of paper. That's where it goes. You've seen my desk at school. (laughs) It's a random, very important scrap of paper.
0: Yeah. One other difference between you and I and how we organize. Organize versus (laughs) random
1: scraps of paper.
0: (laughs) So what does getting better look like for you? For a lot of runners, they want to get faster. That's a very common thing, right? You're, you're running distances, especially if you're running races. You're running a race and you want to PR every time if you can, right? You want to get faster every single time you run.
1: Yeah, everybody loves a personal record, it, which it's apparently a term here in the U.S., but not all around the world.
0: No, a lot of other places are PBs.
1: Which the more i started thinking about it and and starting to outline this episode i kind of like the the term personal best versus personal record Mm -hmm. i realize that they're kind of synonyms for each other Mm -hmm. but personal record seems tied to a number on a clock Mm -hmm. whereas personal best i don't think has to be
0: oh i like that a lot
1: yeah me too so i think i'm gonna start talking about personal best can
0: we do it in a british accent
1: (laughs) well you can
0: (laughs) (laughs) can we start calling them pbs perfect I don't know if that was, that was definitely not my best British accent. That was kind of weak, huh? I don't know. I'm sorry, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And and the rest of our UK runners, um, forgive my poor British accent there. I I will work on it. Usually it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Usually I'm spot on. Pretty spot on. PB. (laughs) It's kind of like peanut butter. (laughs) That's what it makes me think of too. Tea and crumpets.
1: I think that's why I can't call it PB because it just makes me hungry. All <laughs> right. So a lot of people want to go after a personal record and personal records, they're great. Um, but the problem is that it's not a really good long-term motivator Yeah. for for multiple reasons. One, eventually you're going to stop hitting them. Like you're just not, they're also, they're not linear.
0: Say you. Uh,
1: yes. Yes. Say me.
0: I have yet to. Hit that point.
1: All right, fine. I've been <laughs> living in that point for a while. But I was actually talking with uh, one of the other coaches at the track meet I was at last night about personal records yeah. and how, like, over the course of the season, newer runners expect every race to be a personal record. And he's got like a senior on his team that ran within a few seconds of his personal record today after having a really hard workout the day before. Mm. And that was his second race of the evening. Mm -hmm. And so the kid was completely satisfied that he was within like five to 10 seconds of his personal record because he knew that that meant even though the time was slower than his, his all time best on the clock, Mm -hmm. that that was actually a step forward. Yeah. Because
0: he was running super tired. Yes.
1: Yeah, he was running on tired legs. And so that kid has made it to that point. Whereas mm. like the more novice, some of the, the freshmen on the team, you could watch them come across the line. And down the whole last straightaway, they're like staring at the clock at the finish line. Yeah. And they see it and they look over at the clock and they like they make this like grimace on their face like, oh, I didn't get it today. Mm-hmm. And the coaches over there are like, yeah, of course you didn't. We did like 10 straight minutes of lunges yesterday. Your legs are exhausted. Yeah. You, no one was going to PR today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so a lot of the newer runners are looking to PR. PR or PB at every single race And because a lot of times You do right like when you yeah. are a new Runner you have no idea what you're Really capable of so you go out and you Run some races and you, you start hitting Some times and you're like oh okay well let Me see if I can get faster and then you keep Running so your consistency improves Which means that the experience On your legs the strength in your legs All of that improves your breathing improves Your everything about You as a runner starts to improve and so You see your time dropping but like like Kevin said, eventually, most of us will get to a point where those times stop dropping so drastically.
1: Right. And then you get to a couple of scenarios. You know, if you hit the local road racing scene, you probably recognize some people from one race to the next. And you're like, oh, I beat them a few weeks ago, but they beat me like three months ago. I need to beat them today. Would you rather beat that person that you know kind of races similar to you? Or would you rather get a PR? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you ran a slower race, but you ended up beating that person? Would that bring satisfaction? Yeah. Because I watched that at the track meet. I watched a kid lead fourteen hundred meters of the sixteen hundred meter race. Mm-hmm. He led the entire flight the from the first step all the way until two hundred meters to go, and then the kid that was sitting on his shoulder sprinted past him for the win. Mm-hmm. Like, which which kid do you want to be? Because the kid who won it. Definitely did not give it his all that day. Yeah. And I know that his personal record is way faster than he ran, but he won on the day. Mm -hmm. So which one's more satisfying?
0: Well, I think that it depends on the runner. It depends on the experience level. Like, I think that also racing in a track situation is different than most of us as real life runners.
1: Right. This was literally, I mean, they were, it was the two of them way out in front. Third place was way back, but there's there are certainly scenarios that exist Mm -hmm. where personal records are not necessarily the motivator right there. Mm -hmm.
0: No, I I definitely agree with that. I just think that, I think that as real-life runners, it is different. Like, as elite runners, as very competitive runners, like, if you're in track, if you're in cross-country, like, you are really trying to beat other people. So that can definitely be a big motivator. I don't think as many real-life runners out there are – that's, like, a, a high priority for them when it comes to racing. I, I could be wrong. And if I am, please send me a message and let me know because, I, I mean, I know that's how I feel. Like, I don't feel like I'm going out to, like, beat other people. Like, I'm seeing running more – as like a collaboration of all of us are in this together and we're all working hard and I'm trying to pull as many people along with me like if I see people struggling out there like on the course I'm, I'm like come on let's go we got this you know I'm trying to like motivate others to come along with me versus like yeah I just passed that one
1: right which is is beautiful yeah. and you're trying to get yourself to go as fast as possible you'd be super excited with a personal mm-hmm. record unless
0: it's the old guy in the speedo <laughs> I'm always excited about beating him like I am not happy if he beats me because
1: no one wants to hang out behind him for (laughs) miles upon miles exactly i
0: need to be in front of that guy
1: (laughs) yes yes a very good point um but you you make an interesting thing about how you want to try and connect with the other people i personally run a lot of races in an attempt to win them
0: well and you're also up in the front by yourself a lot of times
1: right but the last race that i ran i did not think that i was going to win and from the gun like the guy who who won it well The guy who was in the lead for a long time actually pulled out somewhere around like mile 18 or 20, somewhere in that range. But the guy who went on to win it, I never even saw him. Mm -hmm. Like he was way up there and I never saw him. So I knew from the get-go that I was not going to win the race. And I rolled into that race at the starting line thinking that I could finish fairly high but Mm -hmm. not thinking I was going to win. It was a very different mentality to go into. Mm -hmm. And... I, I was more like looking around, trying to find other people that were going to run a similar time to me so that we could just say as a cluster the entire time. Like mm-hmm. the bigger of a group you've got, the easier 26 miles is going to be.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting what you say about your mindset going into that because the guy that won, like you could have been pretty close to him in the time had everything gone the way you wanted it to. So it's interesting that you kind of took yourself out of it right from the get-go.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a slower time compared to like the the previous three, four, five. That's years. what I mean.
0: I mean, I don't know if you would have won it, you know, especially because I don't know if that guy ran his fastest. Like, you know, yeah, where did he run on his <laughs> spectrum of, exactly. of, of capability? Um, but you you definitely could have been right up there had your race gone as well as it could have gone.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it it again would have had to be like my best of best days mm-hmm. is what I would have needed on that one. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it was shaping up. I gave it a shot. I went right. I went for it and, you know, if things were going smoothly, maybe the leader would have started coming back to me over the last few miles, but instead he just kept getting further and further ahead.
0: Right. So like everyone was saying, like if you're if you are racing, would you rather beat someone else or or like and win a race or come first in your age group? Maybe that's more realistic for a yep. lot of people. Um or would you rather run a personal record? Okay, along those same lines, would you rather cross the finish line knowing that you went all out that day and gave it everything you had regardless of what the time on the clock says?
1: And that was my last race experience because yeah. I knew that I gave it everything I had and our little like school 5K that was a few weeks before that one, I definitely did not mm-hmm. and I won it. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole different level it of, of joy and satisfaction yeah. at the end of the marathon and it it's it's not the difference between three miles and 26 miles. Like that was not the difference in satisfaction. It was that I know on marathon day, I gave everything that I possibly could have given and the time of the clock that was not satisfying. But knowing that I gave everything I did that, that, I mean, I was smiling at the end of the race. Sure. And if, if I was only looking for a time on the clock that, that was not enough to motivate me over the last few miles. Yeah.
0: I mean, I can definitely see that on the same, like, Along the same lines, though, you also had a lot deeper motivations for the marathon versus just the school 5K.
1: Right, which is also kind of what and, we're getting into on the episode. Right, here.
0: like the meaning of the race and everything behind it, like that was a lot different. So, okay, that, that's another scenario, right? So speaking about personal records, again, would you be happy if you ran a personal record or a personal best if you knew that you could never run again?
1: That's a tricky one
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i I think if you answer yes to that one, that you have not fully accepted like that you're a runner,
0: well, the identity of runner <laughs> and the identity of real life runner, and then also the idea that you'd like to run for the rest of your life.
1: Right. That you'd like to run for the rest of your life. That, that yeah. running is simply a part of you. This is part of your healthy lifestyle to say that I could give everything, hit a PR, and then never be allowed to run again.
0: Yeah. That's a very interesting That'd question. That'd be a weird one. That's it's an interesting question to ask and, you know – I would love to hear people's answers to that one. So if you're in the Facebook tribe and somebody wants to start a thread on this one, I think that'd be, or on like all of these questions, I think that this would be a really interesting thread to read people's answers
1: to. I, I bet that the time depends too, you know? Yeah. Like what if you could run this time? Like, okay, I yeah, like give an up- Olympic
0: qualifying I time. give up running
1: for the entire rest of my life if I could hit this number on the clock over this distance. Yeah, but would you? Yeah. You I, know,
0: like even if you could, like-
1: Right, Would because you? a lot of the number on the clock, people are like, well, I'd want to hit a Boston qualifying time. Cool, but then you couldn't run Boston.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could <laughs> qualify for it, but yeah. you couldn't actually do it. Exactly. Yeah. And then what happens if you miss the record? Like, if you're basing your satisfaction in running. All, and, and your motivation also, right? Like that's kind of what we're talking about here is like motivation and satisfaction. If you're basing that on your personal best or your personal record, what happens when you miss that record? Does that just wipe away everything you just did? Everything that
1: you just did. Yeah. And then how inspired are you to get into the next training block? Mm-hmm. Because you missed it the last time. And then what if you miss it on the next PR? Like mm-hmm. what if you have like a few races in a row yeah. that you don't hit a personal record? Yeah,
0: how many misses does it take? Yeah, how many
1: misses before you you quit
0: before you give up on it exactly yeah and should you give up on it like that's another line of discussion not for today not
1: for today yeah
0: so there's the old idea and the old quote and saying when your legs get tired run with your heart right? i love it i
1: love the cross-country shirt saying i
0: know that was our quote on the back of our cross-country shirts a couple of years ago yes because it's a great line maybe last year
1: I, they all the years kind of blurred together oh, okay. but it's a really good line when your legs get tired run with your heart the mm-hmm. swim team had it when your uh arms get tired swim with your heart that was they had that like three years ago It was Dude. funny um So I think that run with your heart has a couple of ways that it can be interpreted. And one of them is to say run with your heart is like that, that willpower you can bring in Mm -hmm. at like late stages of the race, everything is starting to hurt and you've got to gut it out. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, dig, dig into your heart and and just go for it with every bit of you that's left in there. Mm -hmm. But there's another way of looking at this, that your heart really is like your essence of your identity.
0: Right. And that's how I like to look at it.
1: So from that perspective, then, you know, you should always be running with your heart. Like, yeah, when your legs get tired, then you've got to go to who you are as a person mm-hmm. and who you are as a person is one that's not going to quit on this race. It's not going to quit on yourself. It's not going to slow down because it stings a little bit that you are just going to keep pushing with what you have. And it's not willpower at that point. It's, it is your identity. Your identity is a person that doesn't quit.
0: Right. Exactly because when you run with your heart and your identity and your essence of a, as a person that is like your satisfaction comes from things that are completely different right like your goals are still important your personal records I'm sure you still want to hit but it doesn't everything does not have to be tied to that number for you to actually feel satisfied at the end of a race or at the end of a run or at the end of a training cycle whatever it is that you're doing
1: yeah it the whole like was it a win or loss is not tied to a number on the clock mm-hmm. it's it's more internal it's a it's a personal sense of victory mm-hmm. it's it is did i do this training block to match my identity? Like, am I satisfied with the work that has been accomplished here?
0: Exactly. And that you can pull joy from all the different varieties of success that can come from running. Like the running success is not just about a number on a clock. And there are people out there that will tell you that it is. Like, it's all about the PR. There are other companies out there that like are literally like run for PRs. Like that's the name of their company. And I'm sure that that's not all that that company's about I'm sure that there's other things I don't know any details and I'm not making any comments about any other companies out there because I'm not I, I'm you know not gonna say anything negative about anybody else but all, all I'm saying is that that's not what it's all about for us and and we don't think that it should be for you either because if if your success is tied to a number on a clock then if you don't hit that what does that say about you what does that say about your running? What, what does, does that, that say, say about, about your success? training? What does that say about success? Yeah.
1: And there's, there's so many more ways to be successful. I mean, it's, it's very similar to weight loss of if your only model of success is what it says on the scale mm-hmm. or
0: financial success. Yes. Too.
1: What is the number in the bank account? What is the
0: number in the bank account or how much money do you make per year? And if you don't make that exact amount, does that mean that you're a failure?
1: Yeah. What if, what if your next door neighbor makes more than you? Does that mean that they're a better person than you? Right. Really better person person i don't know like what i I don't know but i can outrun them in a 5k yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean and, and that's why numbers can be tricky like numbers are great motivators because they're concrete right like you can see a number on a clock you can see a number in your bank account you can see a number on a scale they're very easy targets to shoot for you can see a starting point you can see an ending point everything is nice and clear cut other forms of success are not as clear-cut, and that makes them a little bit messier, but it also makes them so much more fulfilling because you get to decide what those are.
1: Yeah, you define success. And so you you know whether you're heading on the path to success. You can look at the the road that you've traveled for the last three, six months, and while it might not have been smooth, that you you earned where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you are exactly where that path has taken you and you can take pride in that whether it's ups or downs however however many struggles smooth sailing did you get sick for several weeks in there because you worked all the way through that and you can take pride in what you have accomplished given the situation that was thrown at you
0: exactly so I read a great article today that kind of shifted like what we were going to do for this podcast and the article was from a company called Precision Nutrition, who I think does a great job when it comes to researching and scientific-based articles and everything about nutrition. And That's actually the company that I've earned my certification through, and so a lo- I trust a lot of what they put out there. I think they put out a lot of really good information. So they sent out an article today about um, nutrition for people that have thyroid issues, and it was a really great article. We'll link to it in the show notes, but they put in there a couple models that I really think apply a lot to running. And, and so we're going to take a couple of the models that they're using for nutrition and really apply them to running because I think that it, it was such a beautiful uh, visual and graphic on what exactly it takes to achieve success in any anything. Like, you know, for, for them it was nutrition and weight loss. For us, it's going to be our, our running. We're going to take this and apply it to running.
1: Right, but if you just look at the, the picture of the model that they were going for – if it didn't say nutrition over the top of it Mm -hmm. or it doesn't say running over the top of it, it could just say life over the top of it. Exactly. And and it would 100% apply.
0: 100%. So the whole idea is that they basically came up with this iceberg model. And this iceberg basically gives us different levels that we can adjust and that we can change in our lives that will lead us to the desired results that we want, okay? So basically, the bottom of the iceberg, where it all should start with is identity and mindset, right? Because When we are able to shift our mindset and shift into this runner identity or what we like to call the real life runner identity, that is the solid base for all other changes in your life and in your running.
1: But since it's an iceberg model, it's not real visible. Right. It's kind of buried, you know, like in your heart. (laughs) Um,
0: Running with your heart.
1: Yes, there you go. Mm. Um, But it's... It's that massive foundation. And, you know, there's the thing about icebergs is you can only see like 5% of the iceberg is all underneath. And that's, that's where the running comes in. That's mm-hmm. where the success in whatever you want is not in that last little part. You know, you hear so many people that are like, oh, they're an overnight success story. Well, yeah, it's like an iceberg. You mm-hmm. you missed the last five years. Mm-hmm. Like you saw, oh, yes, this is just amazing success. What did they do for the last month? No, what did they do for the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to this this identity. It's the huge base of the iceberg. That's what everything else is built upon. That's the foundation. And if that thing is not put in place, then the rest of the iceberg and the rest of everything else can kind of fall apart a little bit
0: right and and this also connects to one of my favorite books which is atomic habits which we'll, we will also link to in the show notes um that really talks about habit change and how to create lasting habit change in your life to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish and he talks about the the identity shift again back to that identity like you need to become the person that you want to be and then that person will take the actions that you want in your life but it all starts with that mindset shift that identity change like who you are as a person what are the things that you want to do who you want to be in your life and then because everything that we do in our life comes from that deep place of identity, of who we say we are. Because as human beings, we want to be in integrity with who we say we are. So whoever it is, you tell yourself that you are. You're going to do the things that that kind of person would do.
1: Well, that's that's the be do have model, which mm-hmm. so many people get backwards. Of they don't accept the identity. They're like, oh, well, I'll finally accept that I'm a runner once I have accomplished this, this, and this. Right. And it's like, well, you can't accomplish those things until you say you're a runner. Mm-hmm. You have to accept that I am a runner first, right. and then it leads to it. Then it's an awesome domino effect. Like mm-hmm. then it's an amazing effect effect of everything that can follow from that.
0: Right, exactly. And there are definitely ways and strategies to make this mindset more easily adopted in your life. And there's a lot of things that you can do because some people can't just flip a switch, right? It's, it's hard for people to sometimes just flip a switch and say, yep, you're right, I'm a runner and I'm going to do these things. It can be that easy, but for most people, it's not.
1: I mean, the statement's that easy, but it's, it's a subconscious identity level. Right. Like, that's tough to reprogram. It is.
0: And there are definitely ways that we can reprogram that. And that's kind of where Kevin and I were kind of having a little discussion. We hit pause for a little bit here in our recording, and we're just discussing if it's really run with your heart or run with your mind, because the two are so interconnected. And it's like, is the mind the more powerful part or is it the heart that's the more powerful part? And this is kind of what we were going back and forth with.
1: Yeah, we thumb wrestled and no one could win. So we're just going to hash it out on uh, as, as we record here.
0: He's just not willing to admit that I beat him because I'm a physical therapist and have a very strong thumb. <laughs>
1: very strong thumb. <laughs> um, but, okay, so I would argue that that the mind... Is necessary to make substantial changes to the heart. I agree with that. So that the heart is essentially like your subconscious identity level. And mm-hmm. that's that's what you need to be identifying as runner so that you can then take the actions that runners take.
0: Right, because it, it is all in your mind. Like the the heart is just an organ that's pumping blood through. There's not actual like conscious awareness in the, in the heart. It's just, you know, the heart is kind of our, <laughs> our look. Like, Cause yeah, we're all running with our hearts, right? I mean like the heart's the one doing all the, it's providing pu- oxygen to the muscles. Well, yeah, kind of. So, um, anyway, Yes, so when we say run with your heart, it's really run with your mind. It's run with that subconscious identity of who you are, that essence of who who you are. So then we kind of get into the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind, and the conscious mind is what we know. This is what we tell ourselves. The subconscious mind is like the guiding force behind all of our actions. It's the it's the part of our brain that does all of the things to just keep us alive, to keep us safe, to keep us protected. And so we have created these things in our mind these these scenarios of who we are and how the world operates and we act from those things without even realizing it so we do need our conscious mind to reprogram those things so that we can start acting and changing that underlying identity.
1: Right. And it's it'd be really neat if we could just flip a switch and change our subconscious beliefs about mm-hmm. ourselves, but it kind of takes some practice and some repetition to eventually convince your subconscious of what you're trying to convince it.
0: Right. Exactly. And so Th- that 's that's, that's where we should start though you know like if, if we really want long lasting change in our life, we need to start with our mindset, we need to start with accepting this identity. Once we do that, then that can lead to changes in our environment because, which is like the next layer of the iceberg, is your environment. And, and we're talking about both your physical environment, like what is actually around you, as well as your social environment. Like you are a combination of the people you spend the most time with, right? Like that's I, what I leads, love that one. It's, it's a great saying, and, and you're going to hear this if if you at all you know read or listen to any sort of personal development types of things, like. And it's true though. Like if you surround yourself with like-minded people that are all runners and trying to be better and trying to live their lives better and elevate themselves, you're going to want to go along with that too. If you surround yourself with people that are just okay with where they are in life and don't really care that much and think that running's crazy and and that's who you're you know, surrounding yourself with and hearing from day after day after day, that's more of what's getting programmed into your subconscious brain.
1: That's a tricky environment when the people around you think that everything you do with running is crazy. It is hard. Like that's a really tough environment because Mm -hmm. then it's really easy to agree with them. Because if that's what you're hearing, oh, running's nuts. I don't know why you would ever get up at at five o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. a ten mile run, I couldn't even run down to the end of the block. Like in you hear that over and over again and it's just like, oh, yeah, maybe they're right. Mm -hmm. Because if that's the only messages coming in and you have to counter all of them, it just takes so much effort to counter if all of that coming in from the environment around you. Mm -hmm. So you need that support network around you that's actually really helping the environment from a social perspective. This also includes like, you know, in-person, but also like virtual virtual. Like, if your social media feed is just terrible things for you to compare yourself to Mm -hmm. and, and giving you a horrible negative feeling every time you scroll through it, those are not the people you should be following online. Yeah. Like... If you're looking at other runners and every other runner has, like, this amazing body that you'd like to have or they're hitting times that you'd like to have and you get annoyed every time or you're like, oh, I can't do that, that's not the people that you need. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not using that to see what's possible. You're using that to compare to you and then say, I'm not very good. Mm -hmm. So that's not really a healthy environment either.
0: Right. And same goes with your physical environment too. Like what is actually around you? Like, do you set your clothes out the night before? Do you put your running shoes right by the door so that you can't walk past them without seeing them? Like, are you making running also a part of your physical environment? Do you fill your refrigerator in your pantry with healthy foods or is there just a bunch of junk food in there? That's
1: where I was going. Like if you've got that you know, you miss the run in the morning, you've got to try and squeeze a run in the afternoon, you're going to need some sort of snack that's going to be able to provide some energy out the door. If you don't have a little like quick grab it healthy option there, that afternoon run is is not going to feel very good based off of whatever randomness you can grab inside the pantry perhaps.
0: Right. And if you know it's not going to feel very good, you're going to be less likely to then do it. Right. So that's how your physical environment then affects what your what actions you take, okay? So then we get to the next layer of the iceberg, which is after we change our environment, then we can then change our habits, right? Because if we adjust our environment to make these actions that we want to take easier, then habit change becomes much easier because there's not those blockages and obstacles getting in your way.
1: Yeah. I mean, people talk about changing a habit and how you have to work really hard to change a habit. I don't think you have to work really hard to change a habit if you've got the environment set up around you Mm -hmm. correctly that that there's almost no other option, right? Okay, well, I, I set my alarm. And I've got all my clothes laid out. My running shoes are sitting right next to the door. The environment is set up for your, I'm going to get up in the morning and go for a run before work habit Mm -hmm. to just fire off nice and smooth. Mm -hmm. You know, you then continue the environment of like, well, I got to take care of myself and make sure that I get to bed on time so that I can then do this. So now you could say that getting to bed on time is a habit, but I'd argue that it's really just controlling the environment to make sure that that getting up and running in the morning just... Go smoothly. Like Absolutely. you're taking care of yourself, you're setting up the world around you, and then that habit, because you essentially looked at all the things that could be roadblocks and said, Well, let's smooth those out and fix my environment. Now the habit just slides into place.
0: Right. And once you have that habit established, then you're going to have the consistency that you want as a runner. Because I think that. Almost every runner out there can agree that if you want to improve as a runner, you have to run more consistently. You have to have a routine. Some people would argue that you need to have a training plan, but you definitely need to have consistency. You need to be out there running multiple times per week if you want to improve.
1: Yeah, the consistency is key. And it's so hard to get the consistency without the underlying base. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the excuses pop up so easily and the habit just sort of fades away and you don't lock in on that habit. If you don't have the underlying mindset, if you haven't established the environment in which you can keep that habit, then it's sort of like, oh there's a little excuse and I'm not going to run today. Or "Uh, maybe I'm just waning in motivation and so I'm not going to run today. Like You need those base layers so that heading out the door for a run is just, it's a much easier task.
0: Exactly. So once we've got that habit habit established, now the next layer of the is knowledge okay so that's when you can start to apply the knowledge that you've learned about running because like Kevin said a lot of times people will come to us and say what workout do I need to do like do you have any hacks do you have any tricks do you have any tips like people always want the fast and and quick and easy way to improve on things and to be quite honest as a runner there just isn't that like there there is once you do the other stuff, right? Like we're already on layer four here. Okay. Cause you change the mindset, then the environment, then the habits, that's when you're consistent. Now you can start to look at all those other things like, okay, what if I play with my training cycle? What if I add this workout in? Should I add more speed workout? Should I add more tempo workouts? Like what about the differences in pre-run fueling and post-run fueling and mid-run, you know, like all of these other little things that everyone always wants. Everyone wants the. tip. Tips and the tricks and the hacks and all these easy things, but none of those things are going to make a difference if the bottom of the iceberg is not there.
1: Right. Like if people come up and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I'm like, what workout will help me run a faster half marathon? I've gotten that question. And it's sort of like, oh, well, you should work on your mindset for the next five years and then come back to me. Like <laughs> no one wants that answer. Like, no one wants an answer. How long should my long run be to properly be prepared for a marathon? Well, have you properly mentally established your foundation? Like that's just not going to work for right. people. People want an, want a number as the answer. Mm-hmm. 20. 20 miles is the answer. And then you shall safely pass the finish line. <laughs> as though like I can... And then I, I wave a wand and it works. I keep mm-hmm. the wand in the back pocket next to the piece of paper with all the important <laughs> workouts <laughs> printed on it.
0: Right. So basically, if you don't have those lower layers of the iceberg, then the, all of the knowledge that you have about running... Is is only gonna be minimally effective if if at all.
1: No, no, no. Here's the thing. It can be effective. Tell me. And this is where you went went at the very beginning of this episode is It's effective, but inconsistent, just Uh, like your running is. And that's why you can't figure out of like, well, I did these workouts before my 5k and it went great. But then I tried to do the same workouts before my next 5k and that 5k fell flat on my face. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's because overall, big picture, it wasn't those three workouts that got you there. You did those three workouts with a month of very consistent training. And then before your next one, you did those three workouts as your entire training. Like, those aren't magic workouts. The consistency wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so... There was no magic to the workouts. The magic was consistency. Yeah. Once you've established that, sure, then start playing. How much at level five? How much at level two? How long should my long run be? Mm-hmm. What's my recovery between intervals? Like these are minute things if you don't have consistent running. And if you don't have that habit built, it's really hard. And if you don't have the environment, it's hard for the habit. Or hard for the, yeah, hard for the habit. And mm-hmm. if you don't have the mindset, it's hard to build the environment.
0: Right, exactly. So that takes us to. To the very tip of the iceberg which is willpower and this is the last thing that we should be relying on as runners like because willpower we don't always have full control over people might argue at that point people might say oh you always have control over your willpower but quite frankly you don't like there there are proven research that like there's research that shows that there is such a thing as decision fatigue like throughout the day like if you're very tired and you've made decisions all day long and you get to the end of the day and you're supposed to go out for a run and you are just fried there is a much less likely chance that you are going to actually go out for that run unless you've already built all the things around it, like if you've got your running shoes and your gym clothes and all of that stuff, like you can't rely on your willpower at that point in time to be the the last motivator to get you out the door on the run. Like that's, that's the tip of the iceberg. Okay. So people always want to talk about willpower and motivation. I just need to motivate myself more. I need motivation. I need more willpower. I need this. That's the last that's the, the tiny little tip.
1: If that's all you're focusing on, you're going to run out of inspirational videos quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you won't. Like, YouTube is endless. Like, they're going to still be there, but... By the time you watch like the fifth one, because that motivational video is the only thing getting you out the door, you're not even going to be motivated by it. You're like, you're going to be laughing at the inspirational video and be like, this isn't inspiring at all.
0: As you drink your glass of wine.
1: Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, I'm going to go eat a cookie, but sure, (laughs) you could go either, either direction, but, but you're definitely like, you're watching the inspirational video as you untie your shoes Mm -hmm. and prepare to go sit down on the couch. Like it's not motivating for you anymore because you don't have any of the base built up.
0: Right. But once you build that base, then you don't have to rely on willpower and motivation anymore because it's just what you do. It's just the next thing that comes after X, Y, and Z. Like this is just what you do because it's who you are.
1: Yeah. I'd say that willpower and motivation are, they're important like in the in the moment, and like that, within and, a race.
0: Right. And that get, takes takes us back to the very beginning when we said to run with your heart.
1: Yes. So... Like in the heat of of a race in the middle of a workout when it starts getting really hard then it's tricky to be like well I've got the environment set up around me correctly so I should be able to knock out this last quarter and yeah it it is to a point like if you've established a good running community around you maybe you have a group of people maybe you know that you're going home and you're going to like tell people what your workout was you're just going to feel satisfied with this you've established your identity as someone that doesn't quit on a workout like you've done all of that but that last yeah. Mm-hmm you know, half mile repeat, whatever it is, is still hard. Mm-hmm. Like at some point you gotta, you gotta grit it out and immediate like willpower right, right. there is going to come in handy.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But it's everything else is underneath it so that you can rely on the willpower in that moment. Yes, Like it allows you, it gives you the freedom to then say, okay, I'm going to choose this right now Yes, and I am going to grit it out yes. and I am going to just give it everything that I have right now because you have that available to you.
1: Yeah. And I like that you uh you went with, I'm going to choose to to hit this last one. I'm going to choose to go really hard. I'm going to choose to not push cuz it transitions us really nice into our uh, our last little segment here.
0: Right. So now we're going to talk about what do you actually have control over? Because you always have a choice in your life. Everything That you, everything that you see in your life and in your environment is a result of a choice that you have made.
1: Yes, all choices. You can choose your frame of mind, whether it's a positive or negative mindset on the world. Um, you can choose how much effort you put forth into what you're currently doing, whether that's running or, you know, whatever task you're doing, you choose the effort level you're bringing, mm-hmm. even every specific action you take from, uh, I get to the end of, of the street and am I going to turn left or turn right That's a choice that I'm going to make? Like it makes more sense to turn left because that's how I, you know, actually leave the neighborhood, <laughs> but I could choose to take the long way and loop around the entire neighborhood if I wanted to go right. Like it is a choice. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And it's also important for us to remember that our choices are not isolated. So when we say yes to one thing, we're also saying no to something else. And it's funny because I was lying in bed with our youngest daughter tonight (laughs) and we were having this debate because she is a master at staying up late, like past her bedtime and just pulling it. it out, man. Like, so she was just arguing with me and she was not backing down. And I was trying to help her realize that she chose You know, she was, she had make, made a choice and she's like, no, I didn't, I didn't make a choice. And I'm like, yes, you did. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And so getting her to understand that by making one choice, you're also making a choice not to do something else. And she finally got it. And thank God, because I was about to be done. And and usually Mm -hmm. it's funny because usually I'm like, okay, and we're done with this conversation now. And then she'll like, something will like click in her head. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, mommy. You're right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Because I had to be done. Because we needed to be done with this conversation. I'm not prolonging this anymore. But, you know, obviously trying to get a seven-year-old to understand this is much more challenging. And I have to keep that in mind also. But I just I don't think
1: much of our listening audience is seven.
0: (laughs) Thank goodness. But I think that this is something that... I mean, even us as adults, this is something that you and I have recently learned. And I mean, I guess I shouldn't say learned, but realized really, you know, like in, in all of the work that we've been doing... Over the past couple of years um, and things that we've been learning, it's crazy to think about all these things in our life that we think are not choices, that we think just kind of get thrust upon us. But when you really start to, you know, kind of go backwards and say, okay, well, what are the choices that led to that outcome? It's all us like you chose this 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 and this and it led you to exactly where you are today all of your choices led you to exactly where you are today and there are people that are probably going to hear this and just disregard it because they don't believe it and and you have that choice you you can totally disregard you have that choice also you can disregard what i'm saying right now or you can actually hear it and think about it and say okay everything i do is a choice everything i think everything i say all of these things are choices and you get to you know determine which choice you're making any given moment
1: right and i mean to the point of if you say yes to one thing you say no to the other the first thing that that i pointed out that you have control over is your mindset Mm -hmm. and whether it's a positive or negative mindset, do you have an optimistic outlook on the, on the day? Do you start your day with joy and gratitude and like a calm, peaceful mind? Mm -hmm. Because if you start that way, the day's going to go much better. Like if you start the day frazzled and frustrated and just running around, like, I bet you find more problems throughout Mm. the day because you woke up saying, oh man, this day is is already off track and everything's going against me. Like Maybe one thing, maybe you overslept. That's one thing that's going against Mm. you. But if you woke up overslept one one thing and say to yourself, oh, everything's going against me this morning. Two well, things. Now it is. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Because that's the choice you've made. Like that's that's the way that you chose to interpret that situation. And Or you could say, oh goodness, I woke up late. Okay. Now what can I do to get back on track?
1: I'm going to have to raise my effort level because you're in control of that too. <laughs> like maybe you have to move a little bit quicker through the morning. Right. Maybe it can't be as relaxed, but it doesn't need to be frazzled. That's Like, there's a big difference between moving a little faster than normal and, like, rushing around through the morning at, where now suddenly you got accidents, things are crashing, and that's just going to slow you down even more.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a classic book out there. It's called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, and it's basically written by a man that's in a concentration camp during World War II that chooses to see the goodness in human beings. Like, yeah. I mean, he, the environment around him, he did not have control over, but he did still have control over his mindset. and that was kind that's kind of the point of the book, is that regardless of all of the external things going on around you, you still have a choice to be grateful for something today. Like maybe it was just the bird that you heard singing, maybe you saw a flower as you walked by, but there is something that you can find that's positive in your life. And it was just the the power, it's all about that power of mindset and and your choice to see things differently.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good one. Um from from this like complete control of your mindset moves to the next level where you lose a little bit of control. Mm-hmm. Like you're still in charge of a lot of this, but in your environment kind of feeds from your mindset. And there are going to be a few things in the environment that are going to be maybe a little out of control. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you have pretty strong control of your environment. You get to create the social setting around you. You know, like I was pointing out, you can choose on Instagram who's on your on your feed. Mm-hmm. And if there are people on there that are bringing you down, then don't have them on your feed anymore.
0: You can choose not to open the Facebook app. Like well, I've there's got that too. I've got friends that are taking a Facebook hiatus this year because they were just so like inundated with political posts and negative posts and they were just seeing that and they would feel it they they realized that as they scrolled through Facebook they would get angry they would get depressed they like it was bringing them down so they're like I'm giving up Facebook and deleted the app from their phone
1: yeah but i mean you also create the the environment around you in person mm-hmm. like if you surround yourself with negative people if you surround yourself with people that are not trying to reach up like i'd argue it'd be great to surround yourself with a lot of runners because they tend to be very highly motivated and pushing the themselves towards higher levels. Mm -hmm. But if you surround yourself with people that are like, well, you know, running's not my thing, but they're still striving towards a higher level in whatever they do, that's still a good person to have around you, even if running is not their thing. Because, you know... It it doesn't have to be everybody's thing.
0: Right. And so you don't always have control over your full environment. Like if you have your kids at a school, you can't control every single other person that goes to that school or the other parents in that school. And sometimes other parents in schools can be a bit frustrating, right? But you can choose whether or not you engage with those groups of people. You can choose whether or not you see them as obstacles as you, if you see them and you will allow them to like get under your skin or if you just kind of brush them off and choose not to give them any of your energy.
1: Right. And then, you know, the, that group of people around you, you can choose who becomes closer that essentially Mm -hmm. becomes your support system. Exactly. You know, do you have a good in-person support system? Do you have an online support system? Because if you don't have a good group, actual physical people around you, then in the world that we live in now, you can build a really strong social online support system that you can use to rely on when when you need some help on the environment level.
0: Right. So when we're, when we're talking about control, like again, to, to recap, you've got total control of your thoughts, your mindset, your effort levels, the, the actions that you take. You have some control over your environment. You can not always... Control who you're surrounded by, but in many cases you can you can choose to engage or not engage. Now we're going to go a little bit further out and talk about the things that you really don't have control over, like the rest of the world. Um, you 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 have no control over others' opinions of anything, but especially of you.
1: Yeah, you have absolute. I mean, what's the line? Um, someone else's opinion of yourself is there is their I, business, none like, of your business. I,
0: that's that's the new saying that I like that I've been telling myself is other people's opinions of me is none of my. Business business because Because I can't control them
1: no they're completely outside of your control because they are someone else's opinions they're their thoughts you can't force thoughts upon somebody it's somebody else's thoughts
0: people can say negative things about mother Teresa you know like they're like no the think of like she
1: was super wrinkly
0: I don't know like (laughs) she spoke the wrong language I mean I don't don't know you know but like no matter how good of a person you know someone might think you are there's someone else out there that can probably find a fault with you
1: sure and then what you have control over is your response to somebody else's thought you can still choose your response Mm -hmm. so you don't have control over them but you have control over how you interpret them Mm -hmm. whether you give it any attention at all
0: right exactly so when it comes to running we don't have control over the weather like we don't know if it's going to rain like when I had my run yesterday morning it was not supposed to rain I checked the radar ahead of time the, it, it was kind of raining on and off but it was clear so I thought we had a nice window I wasn't supposed to get rain again until about seven o'clock so I thought we had a nice window and about five minutes, or about a minute before we were Ready to take off on a run. There was a couple drips, and I was like, "Oh, that's just the the, the wetness coming off of the trees. The wind mm-hmm. is blowing off, and then, and then the drips turned into drops, and then the drops turned into a complete downpour." Yep. Right. So, I we had no control over that, unfortunately, but. We also have control. So we don't actually have control over what's happening. We don't have control of how cold it is outside or how hot it is outside, but we can anticipate what's going to happen and then be prepared for it.
1: Right. I mean, we live in South Florida, so even if it says zero percent chance of rain, there's a chance of rain. There's always a chance. There's a chance that it's coming. So you can anticipate that and then you can respond with what to do with it. Like, are you going to adjust your run on that day? Are you going to run in the rain? Are you going to like change the schedule so you can get a run in later? Are you just going to not run on that day and that that's going to be okay because you still have your running habit Mm -hmm. and this is now just going to be an off day. Like you can choose your response. You can always choose your response.
0: Yeah. Um, Another thing you might not be in control of is your work obligations. Like if you have a certain job and you have certain tasks that you're required to do at your job, you might not be able to choose that whether or not you do those things every
1: day. Yeah. I mean, you could choose not to, but then your job might not be your job anymore.
0: And that's your choice, also. Like, so if you're job is no longer bringing you satisfaction and you have the ability to change jobs, you can make that choice.
1: Right. And that goes way back to to a topic that we cover of making sure that you set your priorities. Like what is the most important thing in your life? Like maybe that job is a high priority because it's bringing the income that allows you to do other tasks. So that job is necessary or maybe other tasks could get accomplished without that job. Mm. Like it's, you do still have a choice in the matter.
0: Right. Uh, so we we want you to just kind of pause right now and think about how many daily demands, like, and we, we're going to put that in air quotes, like how many demands are you choosing to perpetuate? Like how many of these things that you think are demands on your time are really just choices that you're making?
1: Right. Like how many things that go on during the day do you say, well, I have to do this. I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you? Like, Really trying and like right. pause some of them, for a second. Some,
0: sometimes the answer is yes. Yeah, totally. Like some of them, like you have to feed your child. Yes. Like that you're going to have to make food, but you have to, you, you do have the choice whether or not you make food, whether you stop at a drive-thru, like whether you just go buy some pre-made food at Publix or yep. whatever grocery store is next to you.
1: Yep. Or whether you start teaching your kid how to make their own lunch in the morning. There you go. You could start working that method. Oh,
0: heck yeah. <laughs> I'm rocking that right now. So, but ultimately you're in charge of that. Okay. You're always in charge of your thoughts, your response to your thoughts, your perception of the situation, your mindset, your effort levels. So you need to control the things that you are in full control of control the parts of your environment that you can, and then the rest of the things you can just, again, re- control your response to you it. You control
1: your response, and and you release all control over the rest of it. Right. You don't worry about it at all because you've accepted that you're not in control. Yeah. You're simply in control of your response. Right. And if you've got... If we go back to the last section, if you built a strong identity of who you are, then someone else's opinion and the environment around you is not really going to break down your core identity. Mm Exactly. Exactly.
0: So again, it all comes back to that identity. It all comes back to the base of that iceberg. It's the mindset of who you are, It's which then controls how you act in this world, the choices that you make, the habits, the environment, all of the other stuff builds on that. So that is really the way... For you to improve in your running, to get faster, to achieve the goals that you want to achieve, you got to start with the mindset shift. You have to start with that identity and actually becoming the real life runner that you want to be. All right. So I think that that about wraps up what we have to say for today and transition us, transitions us nicely to our runner of the week.
1: All right. Runner of the week. It's time for a drumroll. I haven't drumrolled in like weeks.
0: You haven't? You haven't? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, this week we would like to honor one of our tribe members, one you know, one of the members of our Facebook tribe who has been very active lately in posting his what he likes to call hashtag the comeback hashtag the comeback hashtag the comeback. So, Andrew Scott, congratulations! You are the runner of the week this week. Now, Andrew has a very interesting story that I would love to learn more about. Unfortunately, we weren't able to kind of. Talk to him this week um, to to kind of get more of his backstory um, because I I would love to hear more about what has led him to where he is right now. But what we do know is that he has been very consistent with his runs, posting his wins. He's, he's recently lost over forty pounds,
1: which is fantastic, which is
0: awesome. He because he's committed. He's become more consistent, at least that we've seen um, now than he he has been in the past. And that consistency is paying off. And he's now starting to see these wins and he's sharing them with the tribe. And it's really, really inspiring to watch this. It
1: seems as though he made a shift to his identity, joined the environment around him of Real Life Runner's tribe, <laughs> and has now gained the consistency necessary.
0: Right. So that's, that's all part of it, I'm sure. But I'm sure there's a lot deeper you know there's a lot of other I mean everybody's got details to their
1: own personal story and it'd be great to share some of these
0: and I I can't wait and and that's one of the things that I'm definitely planning on starting this year is having more conversations with you our tribe and getting you guys on the podcast so that we can share your stories of inspiration of real life runners um, doing amazing extraordinary things and what running has brought to your life so Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. We have loved watching you. Um, I especially love when you post pictures of you smiling and pictures of you and your kids that, you know, sometimes you understand that the family needs to take priority. And that doesn't mean you're any less of a runner. That just means that you have priorities and values. And sometimes you need to cut your run short because the little ones need you.
1: Sometimes the kids are all over the treadmill and you can only get in so many miles.
0: But he still gets in what he can. Yes, he does. You know, and that's the key is like sometimes it might not be exactly what you want it to be. It might not be exactly what's on your plan, but you do what you can and that's that is the key. So I think that's one of the lessons that Andrew has taught a lot of us in the tribe. Um, So thank you, Andrew, for your participation. We honor you this week as our runner of the week and we um, just can't wait to see what lies ahead for you. Okay, so that wraps up our episode for the week. So if you are looking to change your mindset so that you can achieve amazing things with your running, if you find that you're struggling that you're frustrated with your running that you're not achieving the things that you want and you're feeling burnt out or you're getting injured all the time or there are things that are just getting in the way of your training we have great news for you We are reopening our five-day running transformation. Yes,
1: the running transformation is back and it was so popular, so many, uh, so much good reception from the last time we did it. So it's back. I'm very excited for this one. Yeah.
0: So last time we did this, we called it our five-day running challenge. This time we've renamed it. It's our five-day running transformation because that is the goal. The goal is that you are going to learn things during these five days that are going to help you transform your running so that you can make, start to make these shifts and really see what you're capable of in your running and then obviously in your life so if you're interested in transforming your running go to yourrunningplan.com to sign up for our free five-part series our five-day running transformation that's yourrunningplan.com Thank you guys, as always, for staying with us through this episode. It's been so much fun. We appreciate you spending your time with us and choosing to spend this time with us every week. We appreciate you. And please share it with a friend if you haven't already. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 131. Now get out there and run your life.